This is a Life Source Ministries teaching by Paul Drury. Be built up in your faith as you listen. again this evening and um, we have been talking on this series that we've been doing out of Hebrews chapter 11 on by faith and um, it's really been encouraging. I've really enjoyed looking at, looking at Hebrews chapter 11 and um, going, then going back into the stories and, and looking at them maybe a wee bit more fuller in the Old Testament but I, I tell you we're meant to live by faith. That's how we're to live. The just shall live by faith. Amen. And you know what, if we want to do anything in the kingdom of God and, and make a difference in our generation, it's going to be by faith. And the Bible lets us know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Just like as Dana was sharing there with a woman with the issue of blood, for she heard of Jesus. Faith comes after you hear. Faith comes. You know, when you hear and hear and hear, Faith comes. Praise God. And when faith comes, there's belief that comes, but belief that comes to the point to where it gets in your mouth, praise God, and gets in your actions. And so it's not just a, 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 you know, I have faith in my heart. Yeah, that's where it needs to get to in your heart, but it doesn't just stay there. Then out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth begins to speak, praise God. And then when we believe something, truly believe something, we start to to act. So we uh, have looked at several different people. Tonight we're, we're going to get in to start looking at um, the, the story here. Let me just read the verse and then we'll get into it. But Hebrews 11 verse 30, it says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down when they compassed about seven days. It says, By faith the walls came down. So we're, we're starting to get into looking in, going into the promised land. The last couple of weeks we've looked at Moses and Moses, you know, himself leaving in Egypt going into the wilderness forsaking everything in Egypt because he, he you know he, he, he found out who he was and um, we see those years of preparation but then going back and delivering the children of Israel and then last week we seen that how by faith you know God made a way for them when there was no way and they walked right through the Red Sea and so uh, same with us God God will make a way for you amen God will open up doors for you that nobody can open up when there doesn't when there is no way God will make a way you know, God's not limited. God just wants us to believe Him. It's just like, you know, when you go into um, one of these um, um, mystery places, you know, where you have these mystery places, sometimes they do them in the States and that now, where, where you can actually do them murder mystery and it's actual game and you're in a building. And there are rooms where there are secret doors and all of that kind of stuff. And you can't see it, but there's a door in there. And I'm telling you, sometimes you don't see the door, but when you trust God, God knows how to show you the door. God knows how to open up a door into, uh, whether it's out of something or into a new arena. God is well able, but our part again is to believe him. And so tonight what we're going to look at is now, um, start, well, I'm going to start, look, I'm going to go back a bit and build up to it, but I'm going to start going in this direction of um, the children of Israel starting to possess the promised land. And you know what, to do that, walls had to come down. And I can tell you, in our life, throughout the process of our life, we all come up against walls in our life. We all come up against things, whether it's in business, ministry, in our family, with friends, you know, a, a situation that needs to change and it just seems like it's a brick wall but I'm telling you walls can come down in our lives walls that seem impossible that you're walking and looking at this thing it's humongous it's like how on earth am I ever going to get over this around it or under it it 
is impossible. How do I get past this situation? But I'm telling you, the shout of faith takes down walls. And so it's important to, to, to develop that in your life as well. Because I'm telling you, there's things you come up against in faith and you, you need to let rip in faith, amen. And just speak in faith what God's word says in a situation. But there is walls at times that we, that we can come up against. And I'll tell you, the greatest walls in all of our lives is in between our two ears. That's the greatest strongholds in here. Good and bad. There's good and bad strongholds. Strongholds are fortified places. But there are some bad strongholds. And that's why the Bible tells us that we're to, we're to cast down every thought and every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bring it, bring it into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Bring it into what Jesus won for you. If Jesus says one thing and your way of thinking, your upbringing, how you think is saying something completely different well then uh, the, what needs to change is not God's word what needs to change is our thinking amen sometimes we say I can't I can't I can't and God says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and you know what we, we just need to change the way we think nobody loves me that's a thought pattern that's a strong stronghold nobody loves me nobody loves me nobody cares about me nobody cares about me well, do you know, you can think like that or you can turn around and say, do you know what? I'm loved of God. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm a child of God. God loves me. Amen. It's like John said, I'm the disciple whom Jesus loves. Praise God. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ that lives in me in the life that I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. That's personal. You know, but that's strongholds, and we all can have strongholds in our mind that need to come down because those mindsets are actually preventing us from pressing in and entering into what God has for us. It's actually those mindsets, they're like the walls of Jericho that are preventing us from going into what God has for us. And you know, you have to change the way you think to get to the other side because as you think you're becoming, every single one of us are becoming our thoughts. And you know, the first bunch, we'll see them here in a minute, when they went into the, or they, they didn't go into the promised land, but the spies went in, and um, we'll see when they came back. But you know what, they, the Bible says that they limited the Holy One of Israel. That is a powerful statement that, that you can limit God. Not who God is. God's going to be God, but you can limit what God can do for you. You can limit God in your life. And people say, oh, that's not true. Well, let me tell you, the children of Israel, they experienced it in the wilderness. The wilderness bunch, they limited God. God had so much more for them, but they never got to possess it and to experience it. And the reason being is because the only way you can experience what God has for you is by faith. Amen. That's it. Amen. So... I'm going to go back and look at a couple of things um, there. But you know, but before we, before we go over there, let me just read this verse out in 2 Peter 1. And verse, um, this is 2 Peter 1, verse 2. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through, knowledge, through the knowledge of God. And that's how, that's how um, the grace of God becomes available to you. See, the grace of God is all of God's provision. It's what God has freely given to us. You don't earn it, you don't deserve it, you don't merit it. It is freely given, but it's knowledge that makes it available to you. See, if you don't know about it, 
You can't avail of it. So it's just like salvation. Salvation was a free gift, but somebody had to tell you about Jesus. And then when you heard about Jesus, that knowledge of the gospel brought faith. And then you partook of salvation that was free. It was freely given to you. So it's a lack of knowledge that destroys us and prevents us from experiencing what God has for us. But it's again, it says, grace and peace be multiplied to you through knowledge. In other words, it, it, the more you know of what God has for you, the more of what God has for you, you can avail of. If you, if you don't know about it, how are you ever going to believe God for it? Because you're not expecting it. You're, you have no faith for it because you don't even know about it. But I'm telling you, the moment you get knowledge, then everything changes. Now you, now you start to believe, God, you can bring me into that. God, my life can change. God, my finances can change. God, my quality of life can change. God, I can experience what you have for me. Or, or when it comes to the call of God upon your life, God, I, I could do what you've called me to do. God, I, I can, I can um, uh, reach people. I can um, witness to people. I can, whatever it may be, God, I can do it. But is it as knowledge of the grace of God that's available to you? And then by faith you receive it. And it says, here again it says, um, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through knowledge and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power, look at this, hath given us. Is hath or has, is that past tense or future tense? That's past tense. Do you know everything God has for you is already provided? Amen. It's already provided. We're not trying to beg God for us. God's already made provision. I tell you, through Jesus, everything's been provided for us. All things that pertain to life and godliness has all been provided for us. But again, it says, through the knowledge of Him. You have to know what Jesus has done for you. You have to have a revelation of what He's won for you. And when you know what Jesus has done for you, then you realize that, that He has already provided all of this stuff for me. He has already a destiny, a purpose for my life. He's already made provision in my life. When you face things, you already go with, with the, the viewpoint of before there's a problem, there's an answer because God's already made provision for me. Everything I need to do what God's called me to do, He's already made provision for me. It's a completely different way of looking at it. Instead of trying to earn something, you already believe God's ahead of you. He's already went ahead of you and provided. And now faith, faith lays hold on what is already provided. It's not trying to make something happen. You understand? It's already done. It's not trying to make something out of nothing. It's not trying to, you know, push. It's not trying to shove. It's not trying to bend God's arm up his back. It's not trying to manipulate God. It's not a, 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 some works program where if I say it 50 times, then God will pop out of the box and give me something. It's not about that. It's all about faith in what he has already done. Well, when it comes to the promised land, that was the mentality that was God was trying to get across to the children of Israel. When God spoke about the promised land before they went in, and you go and read it, I'm not going to do it tonight, but if you go and look um, when God gave promise of the promised land, he, all, he told him, I have this land for you. It's already yours. All you have to do is possess it. All you have to do is enter in by faith. 
You're not going in there in your ability, your strength. I've already made provision for you to enter into this land. And if you follow me, you will enter into what I have for you. I have something far better for you. Amen. All you have to do is enter in. And so we sing where God took the children of Israel out of Egypt. And then they came, uh, they came into the wilderness. So they came out of not enough. And then they came into a place of just enough. There was always just enough in the wilderness. And thank God God will always look after you. But God had something far better for them. God had a place of more than enough for them. Amen. But to get in there, they had to do it how? By faith. But God had provided it. That's why when you look in, um, at um, the book of Ephesians and the book of um, Joshua, it's pretty similar in the layout. Kind of, the book of Ephesians starts off talking about everything that we already have in Christ. It's already ours. It's already provided for us. But then you get to the end of the book and what's it talking about? Armor. Putting on the armor of God. So that you'll fight to not to get it as in like you know, Jesus has already won the victory for us. You, you fight from the victory to enter into what is mine. It's already mine. You're, you know, there's a promised land for us. There's, there's a rest for us in Jesus Christ where Jesus has won everything for us. But we enter in the same way by faith. Amen. Just like the children of Israel were to do. So, um, but the point I just want to bring out at the start is, you know, God had already provided a land for them. But the only way that they could enter into it was by faith. Amen. See, we need to know what is ours. And sometimes people are trying to fight to get it instead of realizing that it's already ours. It belongs to us. Amen. It's ours. Everything that pertains to life and godliness already belongs to us. It's already been provided. It is a half thing. It's been the past tense. It's not trying to convince God. It's God in his love and goodness has already like given us a package deal already in Jesus Christ and said, this is yours. This is what belongs to you. It already belongs to you. Don't come to me in doubt and unbelief. Don't come begging me. Don't come to me like I'm some bad father. Come to me as a good father who has already provided everything that pertains to life and godliness already for you. It's already yours. Come in faith and receive it. That's the way God thinks. Do you know when we pray? You know, one of the things we do when we pray is we're to pray that God will open up the eyes of our understanding. That we'll get a revelation of what's ours. Amen. So we'll get a revelation of it. So I pray that when you hear the word, the word goes off on you. See, prayer and the word go hand in hand like that. Where you're praying saying, God, when I hear the word, Lord, bring revelation to me. Bring revelation to me. Open it up to me. Cause the eyes of my understanding to be enlightened. That I get a knowing of who I am in Jesus Christ. What Jesus has won for me. Who I am. Who I am in the kingdom of God. Amen. That's what we're, we're believing for. Because then when you see it in the word, what happens is faith goes off on the inside of you. And when faith comes then, now you have the ability to reach out and lay hold on what belongs to you. Amen. God is so much more for all of us. 
Now, I want to go back and just, to, to, and we'll take it up from where, you know, God um, told Moses. I'm going to go back there. I'm going to be looking at Joshua. Joshua is part of this, and that's where we're going to next week, going into the, the, the promised land and going around the walls of Jericho. But Joshua, or Moses sent 12 spies into the land to spy out the land. And really, do you know what they were doing? They were going to see the land, to see what was provided. Just so that they knew, like these are people that came out of, out of, out of Egypt. Do you know, and, and they, have, they have promises, but you know, God is, God is, is um, letting Moses know, send 12 in, to go and look and see this land, see how good this land is. And so they end up, they send in these, these spies. In Numbers 13 and verse 1 it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, that I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers ye shall send um, a man, every one a ruler among them. So what he's saying is, go and see what belongs to you. Do you know what that is? That's exposure. Sometimes you have to go and expose yourself to more. And I tell you, in our generation... I tell you, thank God that we have so many ways of going and exposing ourselves to more things. You know what? You can, you can look up things on your phone. You can look up things, you know, on your computer. You can expose yourself to more things. You know, do you know what? It's sometimes good to go and, and, and drive around in the car and have a look at how others live. Amen. And, and you know what? I don't talk about things like that there all the time, money, different things like that there. But I'll tell you, God, God's desire for our lives is to prosper. But you know what? If you want to go somewhere else, you have to see it. You have to see it in, in, in here. You have to get a vision for it. In other words, you know, if, if God puts a dream in your heart, start going there before you go there. You understand what I mean? Go there in here. Go and expose yourself to it. Do you know what? I, I can remember going to, to meetings, going to conferences, and, and you know, I, I, I did things that other people didn't do when, they, when the conference ended. I can remember going to a conference in Birmingham, and when the, the, the night finished, I bolted to the front and ran and stood at the front to look out because I know I'm going to be doing that in the future. So I needed a vision for that. That might not be everybody else's vision. Some people might need a vision for business or, or something else. My vision is ministry. So I ran to the front to stand before anybody left to stand there, not out of pray or anything like that. It's, I was, that's over 20 years ago I'd done that, but that's something that I've held on to. Do you know why? Because I believe that that's what I'm going to be doing more and more of in the future. But as a, as a, as you look out, it doesn't look possible. But you see, you can't go there in your body unless you first of all went there in your mind. You have to see it before you see it. And so God was sending in spies to show the children of Israel, but this land that I promised you, that's there. But they responded negatively to it. Ten of them, not to, Joshua and Caleb, they responded positively. But you see, you have to see it. And so God was letting them know here. 
It says in verse 17, And Moses sent the spies, out, or, or, or sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and said unto them, Get you up this way southward, and go up to the mountains, and see the land. You see, you have to see it. So go and see the land, what it is, and what the people that dwell are in, whether they be strong or weak, few or many. Go and assess it. Know what you're up against. Amen. Be real. You have to know what you're up against in life. But you don't go there, and we're not to go there and doubt. We're just, to, we're just information. But we're to believe God. And then it goes through, show what the cities are like, all of those kind of things, and um, whether the tents are in strongholds. And we'll see when we get to Jericho, they were in a stronghold. And what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether it be there be wood therein or not, and be you of good courage and bring the fruit of the land. Amen. Now the time was of grapes at that time. Bring the fruit of the land. Let me tell you, go and get something of where you're going and keep it before you. Amen. Wherever you believe you're going in life. Now some people say, I'm going nowhere. Well then get in the Word. You need to go to the Word. <laughs> get your faith built up. Realize God's a good plan for your life. And then go and get something from... You're not there physically. But you're going there by faith. And get, get something that you believe. See, sometimes people give up in a situation or they're in a negative situation or they're facing something or there's giants or there's walls or there's all of those things around them and that's all they see. Instead of by faith, go and go and get something to, from, for, from where you are going and put it before you. We have it like, you know, you open up our, our cupboards and there's notes everywhere in our cupboards. Donna has notes up everywhere. What are the four? The things we're believing for, the things where we're going. There's scriptures that God has given us to believe God for where we are going. Amen. In my office, I have pictures up of things that I'm believing for. I have, I have body parts up that I'm believing for up in my walls. Amen. If they are nuts, I, I couldn't care less. Do you know what? You get to a stage in life where you don't care. Life's too short. Life's too short to care what people think. I'm going after what God has for me, regardless of what people think. You get to that stage after a while. And you know what? I, when I was younger, I used to care what everybody thought. I, the older I'm getting, the less I care what people think when it comes to the call of God upon my life. I care about people. But I can't let people control me or stop me from going to where God has for me. Who cares what people think? They'll be, they'll be mocking somebody else next week. Amen? You know, it's like uh, uh, Kenneth Hagin used to say, he never read the newspapers, it'll be at the bottom of a birdcage next week. You know, the, the things that people would say, the negative things that people would say about him and all of this kind of thing. He said, I didn't even pay any attention to it. I just kept my eyes on Jesus, going after what God had for me. And you'll always have people have something to say about you. Good or bad. But you know what? All that matters is what does God say about you? That's all that matters at the end of the day. So it's important to go and visit where you're going. Take something from there. We have something that we were actually talking about during the week, and Donna says, I'm getting that out. Something that we had bought a while back for something in our lives for where we are going. Something we went and bought, spent money on it. Why? Because it was our faith 
that we, that we can have before us of where we are going. Amen. I have a suitcase that I sit out all the time, sat out all the time, it's just sitting there. That suitcase is for me whenever I go preaching places. They're sitting there, still sitting there. I can sit there, but some of these days, I, you'll see, I'll be away. Amen. Amen. But you know what, it's just it's different stages, but I have to have that before me for what God has for my life. Amen. And it's the same for all of us, we have to. So what God really did with the children of Israel, it was like he sent them out like within our generation, like with their camera phone, you know, to go and take pictures of where you're going. And so we know that 10 of them went out and all they did was they, they took photographs of the giants and the walls and everything. They took, they took photographs of all the problems. And it was like blurred out in the background. Do you know, was, was the promised land, all of the good, all of the fruit, all blurred out. But you know, Joshua and Caleb, they took photographs of everything that God promised. And in the background, all blurred out was giants and walls and all of those kind of things. And all they were focused on was, God, you have promised us this land and we're believing you for it. Amen. God, it's going to take you to bring us in. But I tell you what, we're going to believe you. Because if you've taken us this far, amen. I used to sing a song years and years and years ago. It used to say, you didn't bring us out this far to bring us back again. You brought us out to bring us in to the promised land. Though there be giants in the land, I will not be afraid. Because you brought us out to bring us in to the promised land. Let me tell you, there's a good place where God has for all of our lives. I'm not talking about problem-free. I'm not talking about where we never face situations. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about God as something better for us in life. You see, sometimes people, all they, all they know about is, um, you know, when you get saved, you're going to go to heaven and you live in hell here on earth until you get there. And that's some people's mentality. Hang on. <laughs> you know, hang on till you get there. Hang on. Just get saved and hang on. I tell you, God didn't call us to hang on. God called us to go and possess and be who he's called us to be and make a difference in our world. Hang on. <laughs> The only thing I'll be hanging on to is any rides I ever go on. I hang on for dear life. I hate those things. But you know what? When it comes to life, I want to be all God's called me to be. How about you? Amen. So they went and they took back. The Bible says they went and they took back a cluster of grapes to let them know there's fruit in this land. This is what, it looks like this is what we could be eating all the time. See, Moses said, bring back so that the people can see where we are going, where God has for us. A land that flows with milk and honey. A land where there's valleys and mountains. See, in Egypt, they had to, they had to work like the cloppers in Egypt to get a harvest. The Bible tells us that. Yeah, we were in a dry place. They had to like somehow get the water to their seed. But God said, I'm bringing you into a place where there's valleys, where there's rivers. When the rain comes, it's going to water everything. It's going to flow down through the streams. I'm telling you, you're going into a fruitful place. Amen. And, and, but when, when they went in, the, the ten, all they obsessed about was all of the problems. 
But I'm telling you, Joshua and Caleb, they believe God. Amen. Now, this is Numbers 13 as, as well. It says here that they returned after 40 days, okay? So they were sent out for 40 days. And it says in verse 35, it says, And they returned from searching the land after 40 days. Do you know what's not a wee, a wee flick? That's not a wee flick through. I'm telling you, you have to meditate on the things of God until it gets into you. Until you see it. Amen? What God has for you. You have to meditate on it. You have to see that God has more for you. You have to, you, you have to meditate until you see yourself well. Until you see yourself doing what God's called. Until you see yourself laying hands on people. Till you see yourself in that house. Amen? Yeah, you have, to, you have to meditate until you see that God's a good God. That God will take care of you. God will look after your needs. We don't have to worry about anything. The Lord's my shepherd. I shall not want. You meditate that he's a good God. He's a loving God. He cares for you. Cares for you more than you care for yourself. Cares for your kids more than you care for them. See, a lot of people don't have that image of a good God. As we said at the beginning of the service, a lot of people don't have those, that image. They think God, God just wants us to live miserable till we get to heaven. No, that's not how God operates. Amen? It says here in verse um, um, 26, it says, And they went and came to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation, and it says, and they came and, and they told him, they says, surely the land, it flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. They all came back and said, look, it's true what God said, and this is the fruit of it. And if they would have stopped there, it would have been great. But you know what? Ten of them turned around and said, nevertheless. Amen? Nevertheless. Nevertheless. And nevertheless isn't a bad word, like it's a good word. If you use it right. You can look and say, you know what, look at all of this, and I'm facing this and I'm facing that situation. But you know what? Nevertheless, if God be for me, who can be against me? It just depends how you use it. They were using it upside down. They were using it the wrong way around. And they were using it like, oh yeah, it's all great, but you know what I mean? It's like, you know, when you're believing God for something and you, you meet someone and they're, they're the bearer of bad news. And you say, you know what, here's what I'm believing God for. And they'll say, oh yeah, God can do all of that, but. And then they go to proceed to talking you out of your faith. Have you ever been there? Have you ever met the bearers of bad news? Let me tell you, when you have promises from God, all of those promises are yes and amen. All things that pertain to life and godliness are yours in the grace of God. Everything, if you can find a promise for it, it belongs to you. Amen? If you have a promise, it belongs to you. It's yours. So the children of Israel, they went out, they looked at the land, came back, And ten of them told, oh yes, true, but nevertheless. 
And then Joshua and Caleb, do you know what? They had a different story. And they said, well, we believe God. God is well able to bring us in. Amen. God can take us into this land. See, here was the thing with the children of Israel. Let me just um, say this in, in closing this, even, this evening. But the children of Israel, they, the ten of them that went in, they seen nothing but the problems. And there was enemies. I mean, we all face things in life. The Bible tells us our enemies are not people. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Okay? But there was enemies in the land. And they, came, they went and they said, Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. The cities are walled. That's what we're going to get to ne next week. The cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. They were the giants. The Amalekites dwelt in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. They were giants as well. As were um, Caleb. He turned around and said years later, 45 years later, he said, give me that, la that mountain where those giants are because I want to prove to all of those bunch of doubt and unbelief people that God, when he promised that he could give us this land, I want to prove that that promise still stands. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you, the promises don't change. It didn't matter. Still 40 Five years later, see this, it was 40 years when they started to enter into the land, five years to fully go in and possess it. And um, uh, Caleb had said at 85 years of age, he said, give me that for my inheritance. At 85 years of age, he says, I'm as strong as I was at 40. Still as strong. You see, when you hold on to the promise of God, I tell you, there's, your youth will be renewed. Believe in God for what God has for you. You will not give up. You keep, you keep believing God for what he has for you. It's a, it's a good way to stay refreshed. Because you don't let go of what God has for you. Sometimes people get to an age and say, oh, I'm done, you know what, buy the checkered blanket and you know what, and that's me finished. All you do is sit and drink cups of tea and eat biscuits and that'll be me to go home to be with the Lord. Let me tell you, when God puts on in your heart, it doesn't matter what age you are, don't let it go. Amen. Hold on to what God has for you. Dreams, things that he puts in your heart, don't let go of them. But here's the thing, there was enemies. Now, the Onyx, okay, they were, uh, they were giants. But the word means a necklace or a strangling. That's what it means. So you, you, you have to see in life, what is it that causes you to choke? What is it that, is it, is it people? Is there people have such a hold on your life that you care so much about what people think? You see, these names reveal things like that are enemies for us entering into what God has for us. Do you know what? There's some, there sometimes people control, control people's lives. There's sometimes their mates control them. What do my mates think? That was one of the things that was preventing me from giving my life to the Lord was what will, what will my mates think? You're going to think I'm mad. Because one, one week I'm out in circus, circus at an all-night nightclub. Next week I'm going to meetings. They're going to think I'm nuts. But you know, I had to get to the place where I didn't care. That was a necklace. That was a noose around my neck that was preventing me from going on for what God has for me. And you know, in all of our lives, there are things that can be like a, 
a restriction, like something that has a chain on us that can prevent us. You know, sometimes people have things like, even like, you know, there's people who are money-minded and, and money stops them from being all God's called them to be because they're just obsessed with things or, or people, whatever. It can be a million different things, but you know what? There are things that can prevent us. Traps. There's people, they're workaholics. It prevents them from being all God's called them to be at home and everything. Um, then the Amalekites... They were the children of Israel's enemy. If you follow them through, they were the enemy right up until Saul, David's day. They, they were still the enemy of Israel. And I tell you, to do what God's called you to do, you have to know who's for you and who's against you. Now, we are to love everybody. But you have to know who's, who's fighting against you. Who's holding you back. Who's trying to stop you. And who wants to see you go in and be all God's called you to be? Amen. There's enemies. There's people you hang around them and they'll hold you back. They're like the crab and you know the crab in the bucket scenario. Do you know when you put crabs into a bucket, you don't need to put a lid on the bucket? Do you know why? Because all the other crabs will pull you back down if you go to get out. So they don't even put a lid on the bucket. And there's people that are like crabs. And you have to know them. You have to love them. But there's a difference between, you know, loving people and who you run with. And you have to know the difference. There's people I don't run with, but I love them. I'll meet them, I'll see them in different places, but I don't run with them. Why? Because you have to know your company. You have to know the people that you run with. The Hittites, their name means terror, means fear. And I can tell you, fear will stop you from being all God's called you to be. Fear has stopped so many people from entering in. Fear of past failures. Fear of what might happen. Insecurities. I'll tell you, you, you would not believe the insecurities that I had to overcome to start doing meetings. Don will tell you. It was like I'd run up, get ready to start, and, and run back. Do you know what I mean? It was all of the fears would come. And if you've ever stepped out to do something, I'm telling you, your insecurities come up. But you know what? I, when they came up, I knew what they were. So then I started to attack them. Until I got to the place where I said, stuff it. I don't care what. Insecurities come. I'm breaking through that. Because I am not going to let that stop me from doing all God's called me to be. You know what stops people in every arena of life? Whether it's, you know, somebody's good at acting but they won't get on the stage. They'll never fulfill their destiny. It's fear. Somebody's good at sports. You know, and the, 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 they're given a penalty to win the game. And they're the best penalty taker on the pitch in training. But they won't step up because of fear. What if I lose? What if I miss? That's a fear you just have to face and overcome. And you know what, for ministry, I know for me, because well, I know in ministry, whenever you, the first time I preached, the fears I had to overcome to do that. I remember in, in, in school, when a teacher asked me to stand up and read in front of the class, I threw the book, the book at the t teacher and missed him by that much. Because in my thinking, I would rather, because I could hardly read. Okay? So my thinking was, if I throw the, ball, uh, the book, I didn't try to, I didn't, hit him, go to hit him, but I wanted to throw it as close to, the, to him and it whacked the wall and he threw me out of the class. 
Well, I was relieved. <laughs> I was relieved because then I didn't have to go through the embarrassment of standing up in front of people. But you know what? For to do what God's called me to do, I had to overcome that. That was a fear. I've watched the last year and a half fear cripple people. In actual fact, I was talking to a pastor today and he was telling me that in his church he has a, a child psychologist in the church and he, he, he told him this past year and a half he has dealt with cases that you would not believe one after another, one after another, one after another of kids full of fear because of this virus. Crippled at a young age with fear. Fear will stop you from being God, God's called you to do. Another one is the, the Jebusites, and it means to trample down. And I'm telling you, if you let the devil, he'll walk all over you for the rest of your life and stop you from being all God's called you to do. But I'm telling you, you have to stand up in faith and say, devil, you belong under my feet, not me under your feet. And I'm going to do what, what God has called me to do. I'm going to possess what God has called me to possess, and you will not stop me. The Amorites, they, they mean, um, their name means to um, like, uh, like promote preeminence. They dwelt up in the mountains. They were, they were those giants that, that um, Caleb took out. And, um, you know, uh, and again, this is something else that many times stops people from being all God's called them to do. And that is that they are intimidated by other people's um, seemingly success, superiority, money, or whatever that may be, titles. And sometimes God's put something in your heart to do. But if you allow other people that look like they have made it to intimidate you because you're starting maybe at the bottom or starting into an arena and because of people's success, you will never be what God's called you to be. You'll never step into it. I, I have known ministers over the years that didn't have all of the titles and didn't have great education, but they had anointing. And they made it not a had every other word that everybody else could deliver. But what they did have to their advantage was when they spoke, people got it. And faith. And faith came in the people. So sometimes people let um, people, other people's success stop them. Um, the Canaanites, it means a peddler, a merchant. Someone that, you know, goes from place to place selling. And you have to watch what you're sold. Because there's people to be sold the wrong doctrine. And it stops them from entering into what God has for them. You know, what you hear is either life or death to you. I'll tell you, if you're, if you're facing illness, the last thing you want to be around is someone who's going to talk you into a grave. You want to be around someone who will tell you, let me tell you, God loves you and it is always God's will for you to be well. Amen. Amen. And he loves you so much. People say, what are the day? Well, I'd rather give them the opportunity to believe God than to dig their grave for them. Yeah. Amen. Some people go for something that's shiny instead of going for the word. It was like Donna, when Donna was younger, She's five boys, and you know, there was events in her life where people came and gave her money, and her brothers talked her out of the money because they came and offered her shiny money for the paper. I'll, I'll swap you. Look, that's shiny. Look how it glows. Look how the, when the light hits it, it's shiny. And you know what? That's what the devil does many times. He comes with the lights, the glitz, and the glamour. It's not about where you go. It's what you're being fed. 
Because I don't care if the place is lit up like a Christmas tree, but if you don't get faith where you go, it's not going to help you be all God's called you to be. And I'm not against all of those things either. Praise God. But I'm telling you, the only way to enter into what God has for you is by faith. And let me say this in closing. Joshua and Caleb and the ten spies, they all got what they said. Amen. They all got. The ones who said we can't enter into the promised land, you know what they got? They got what they said. They didn't enter in and they died in the wilderness. But you see the two that said God is well able. They are wee buns to us. We can go in and possess. God is with us. God is for us. They got what they said as well. You have what you say. Amen. Jesus said it. You have what you say. Amen. So praise God. Do you know what? I'm saying this here because this is the lead up to Jericho. Because there's another two, there's two spies later that are sent out to do the same thing. But thank God they weren't like the ten. And they came back with that good report. And you know what? They enter in. It all comes down to whose report are you going to believe? Do you know what? The people sided with the ten and they died in the wilderness. Walked around for 40 years and God looked after them, took care of them, provided for them. But it was just enough. And just up the street there was a place of more than enough. But it takes faith to enter in. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Thank God for faith. Listening to this teaching by Paul Drury. Our vision at Life Source Ministries is to reveal Jesus' love and grace to all generations. To stay up to date with the ministry, like Life Source Ministries on social media or visit our Facebook page. Contact us with any questions or if you would like Paul to minister for you, email lifesourceministries1 at gmail.com. That is Life Source Ministries followed by the number one at gmail.com.